This is The Playbook. So many people have so many questions about reputation management. And uh, when I ran Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment and worked with Warren Moon at Sports One Marketing, uh, reputation management was a lot easier. Uh, You just had to get in front of whatever it was, but there was no uh, repository, no historical uh, reputation uh, management that needed to be done. And uh, as we have kids that are applying to things and to colleges and graduate schools and to jobs, there's so many different issues that are intertwined uh, with stagnant uh, information. And social media uh, can take something that may have been acceptable at the time and move it forward 20 years and it's uh, completely unacceptable. So we want to have a mechanism, not only just for our clients, uh, but ourselves, but our employees as well, as you may uh, be a victim of the reputation management of those who work with you or what friends you have. And so uh, I wanted to bring on the expert of digital reputation management, um, the CEO, of uh, Life Brand. If you haven't uh, seen them, they've been working with the biggest teams, leagues, and organizations in the world uh, to clean up that past uh, information that may be taken out of context, uh, given in a negative portrayal. And as our personal brands and our communities are so important, I think it's important for people to understand uh, their brands and their life brand now that what it means to have a perpetual brand uh, where content that exists today will exist 20 years from now and content that existed five years ago exists today. And as we are applying for jobs or we are applying uh, for schools or our representation of ourselves or others are indicative of our brand or our credibility, it's so important. Uh, So TJ, welcome to the clubhouse. Oh, Jake, is he here? Yeah, he's here. TJ, push that little unmute button in the bottom right. There he is. There we go. You guys can hear me now, huh? (laughs) It's amazing how technology works. Uh, But TJ, why don't you give us a little bit of background uh, of how LifeBrand was started and why? Yeah, you know, I I was a longtime fitness industry executive. I worked as a corporate vice president for LA Fitness Sports Clubs for years and for Crunch Fitness out of Manhattan. And while we were there, I saw that there were serious problems with social media within our organization. You know, we hired a lot of young kids right out of high school, college, and things that they posted weren't a great representation for our company. Members of the gyms were starting to, you know, connect with them on social media and started complaining that they were unhappy with some things that they saw. Employees were complaining about other things other employees were posting. Um, I just saw that a lot of people didn't realize, and this is going back about five years now, people didn't realize that what they say and do is a brand. When you think about the biggest, most global brands in the world, you think about you know the Coca-Colas of the world and Google, all these companies spend hundreds of millions of dollars to not just build their brand, but protect that brand and reputation. Well, we all individually have personal brands now, thanks to social media. Whether you like it or not, every one of us is Coca-Cola or IBM. We all have a brand that can either strategically help us 
or potentially hurt us. And, you know, I created Life Brand five years ago because I saw such a need of things people post when they were younger. I'm 41 years old. Social media didn't exist when I was 18, 19, 20. And I jokingly say all the time, thank goodness, because I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm not joking yeah. when I say that. Thank you. I should say seriously, it didn't exist. <laughs> and for those of you that have kids that are 16, 17, 18, you know they're good kids, but they say and do things that. And our big goal here is to help people find things that maybe they posted when they were earlier, educate them now on how to build a strategic brand, and make sure if a colleague, if a you know, a new job you're applying for, if a potential client of yours is looking up your social media, that the only thing that can possibly happen is it helps your case of closing that deal or moving forward and that it doesn't hurt you. And that's what Life Brand does. We try to help you protect your life and your brand that you've built, educate you on how to protect it and help you find some things in the past that maybe could get taken out of context or twisted and, you know, really, we're trying to help cancel or pause that whole cancel culture out there. And uh, there's definitely people that deserve to be canceled and deserve to have things taken from them. But the overwhelming majority of the time, it's good people like me, Dave, all of you listening, that because of one tweet or one maybe insensitive or out of time joke, but you lose everything. And we're trying to help people be aware of that and make sure they're building a strong brand. Yeah, I think, you know, it's really interesting as a white middle-aged man uh, that, you know, there are things that need to be unlearned. Um, and, you know, utilizing an open mind, I'm always trying to meet people where they're at when people point out uh, things that are said. You know, when you do a lot of content, there's a lot of things that can be said, done, or misinterpreted, or taken out of context. Uh, and with an open mind, uh, and that's why I always share my email address, my cell phone number to understand where people are coming from, where I'm participating in their perception. And we see this, especially in sports with the escalation of brand and you work with, you know, some of the biggest teams, leagues, organizations in the world, uh, to help understand that. But you did mention, you know, this cancel culture. And, you know, I, I understand people should uh, learn these lessons, uh, but it becomes really difficult, uh, you know, for a company because you can actually just not only lose companies, but have because of amplification, you know, a entire multi-million dollar campaign ruined because of a piece of content of your own employees. How does it work within the corporate structure because of the severity of, you know, bad reputation management for your employees, how does it work within a company? Uh, you know, what does it look like? Is it a benefit that you give to the employee? Do you encourage them to use it? How can you do it so that you're in compliance, but also assisting and aligning everyone with your corporate brand and protecting the corporate reputation along with their personal one? Great question, Dave. And it it, it is a really big gray area you know companies are realizing now you know i just said that we all have individual personal brands large companies are realizing that all of those individual personal brands or their employees collectively represent their brand and they need to start investing time and money into those into 
visual brands that represent theirs. So there's a couple of different ways large companies deploy our technology. Most of them deploy it strictly as an employee benefit for their employee. This isn't designed to be a big brother, gotcha tool, get someone in trouble. It's designed to be proactive, you know, mitigate risk, provide a solution to the employees. And the overwhelming majority of companies don't even care about the results. You know, and, you know, just, I guess, back up a little bit, essentially how our technology works. You know, any of you listening right now could go to lifebrand.life and get a free social media check. You can connect your social media accounts for free and our artificial intelligence will scan it all the way back to inception for any potentially harmful uh, posts, photos, or even as recently as yesterday, coincidentally, video recognition. We can find anything that may have been what we flag. We'll flag the word hell. That might not offend most people, but we want to at least give you the option to see it and remove it if you so choose to do so. And then within a matter of seconds, our artificial intelligence will pull every potentially problematic post you have. We don't automatically delete it because that would be censorship and we want no part of that. We just identify things that could get you in trouble and then you can very easily delete them right through our platform. You don't have to go back and find that post from June of 2012 on Facebook. You can immediately remove it from our platform. So how companies make this available is they make it available as an employee benefit. And it's typically rolled out, not through the HR department because people are trained maybe not to trust HR. Any of you listening, if your HR department provided you with this and said, we promise we won't look at it and we won't hold anything against you. You'd probably say, yeah, right. But if your marketing department rolled it out or your branding department, um, it's really gotten a lot of buy-in and a lot of positive traction from employees. Employees appreciate that the company's investing in their own personal brand, making sure they have a strong reputation out there. How some other companies use it is as an onboarding tool. You know, they'll say, hey, Dave, congratulations. Welcome to LifeBrand. You are our newest employee. As a condition of employment, you have the job no matter what. However, we take our brand seriously. We want you to take your brand seriously. So we're going to provide you with this great tool to go clean up your social media and just make sure there's no skeletons in your closet from the past that could come back and hurt you or us should they arise. And it's really been received great. You know, we launched this company back in 2018. We were still a pre-revenue company this time last year. It was last August that we really went to market. And like Dave said, we're working with Fortune 500 companies, publicly traded companies, a slew of professional sports teams, um, agencies. And people really are seeing the, uh, the need for it. And a great example I can give, and I tell people all the time, on how individual brands, you know, Dave just mentioned it could kill a campaign. It can kill a whole company. You know, when I started Life Brand a little over four years ago, my wife and I risked everything. I left a very good paying corporate job to start this company, put every dollar I had in, maxed out every credit card, sold personal belongings of mine and of my wife's. At one point, we actually had to pawn my wife's engagement ring just to be able to pay our two employees we had at the time because there was no way I wasn't going to pay them. And then I had to fight and claw to earn the money back to get my wife's ring back from the pawn shop. I mean, we went all in. We had nights where we were literally dumping change out of the kids' piggy banks to buy diapers and formula. And to think that all of that hard work and sacrifice could get ruined because of one post from one of my employees that somebody wants to take and make it go viral and then ruin our company's reputation. It just, 
there needed to be a solution out there. I'm sure there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening on this call right now that agree how unfair that would be if you risked everything to build your company to lose it over one tweet or one post from an employee. So there's a lot of different ways it can be deployed and used, but most companies are finding a lot of success rolling it out as an employee benefit. We're happy to work with the companies and present it to their employees, whether it's through webinars, in-person seminars, teaching them the importance of building a strong brand. And we have a course launching in about a month that's going through the final stages of national accreditation called the Social Media Accountability and Awareness Certification to actually certify folks on responsible social media use. And it almost sounds ridiculous that such a thing is needed, but it is, you know, think about it. If you have kids that are 15, 16, and 17 that are using social media for the first time, it didn't exist when you were 15, 16, 17. So how are you having a meaningful conversation with them about social media? And I'll kind of just end with a great example. One of our office managers that works with us, uh, she has a three-year-old daughter. I also have a three-year-old daughter. We live in the same town. They're going to go to the same school. They're going to grow up playing the same sports. If as they get older, their daughter takes her social media seriously and is always posting high character, you know, things about sports, athletics, academic, families, if she has a brand or an image or a hobby she highlights, but all my daughter's ever doing is posting pictures of her partying with her friends or, you know, whatever it may be, watching a movie on a Saturday night. You know, though there's nothing bad on my daughter's social media, that other child's going to have a strategic advantage over mine because colleges look at your social media. Nearly 100% of admittance departments and colleges look at social media. Over 90% of employers, according to SHRM, CareerBuilder, Indeed, look at employees or potential employees social media during the hiring process. If you think that not taking your social media seriously doesn't have a chance to give you a significant advantage, um, you're wrong. It can really not just hurt you. Some people look at their social media and say, well, I got nothing bad on there, but is there something that's helping you? Do you have a strong brand? Or is there something that's going to help make you stand out? If it comes down to you and one other person for that job or that promotion, is there something on your social media that can help you get that edge over your competition? Yeah, no, and I think that's a big part of it today. And those numbers are really telling where we're going when employers, schools, we had talked about that earlier. Let me just reset the room with Jake real quickly. We're about halfway through. We're going to do a Q&A session uh, at the half of the hour, as always, at the end here in our training and one-on-one uh, type of coaching. But there's also, uh, TJ, we're, we're talking about this proactive side of it. Um we have to look into the future and the amount of capture uh, that is not on our accounts. Does it search for or look at what other people are posting or is it just on our own accounts? And two, where do you see this going uh, as more and more uh, platforms and more and more posts are out there? Right now, currently what it's looking for is things that you have posted. So going back to comments you've posted, posts that you've put up. It looks at retweets you've done on Twitter. It does look to see if you've liked or engaged with potentially harmful content of someone else's so that maybe you want to remove your content, you know, your like, remove your comments so that you're not associated with that post. And it really does look deeply at photos. You know, a great example is, you know, when the photo recognition went live, you know, it kept flagging pictures of, you know, me and my wife or, you know, some of the females that work with us that, you know, 
it was saying partial nudity because they had, you know, maybe a low cut shirt on. And, you know, most of them, there was nothing that was bad. Again, it's designed to be overly, overly sensitive. But, you know, like our chief operating officer is a young female and she had a couple things on there from when she was younger that though they were up there tastefully her at a party when she was younger, you know, in a bikini with an alcoholic beverage in her hand, she just thought that that hurt her reputation as a young female executive. And though there was nothing wrong with it, though there was nothing that would get her canceled or certainly get her in trouble at work. She just thought it was in her best interest to remove it, that it's going to help give her a stronger, more strategic brand. And where this is going, look, I can make the argument that five years from now, social media might look completely different than it does today. It might be more metaverse-based. Maybe Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn aren't the most popular ones. You see no one's coming all the time. You know, we saw Snapchat a few years back and TikTok taking off. You know, the platforms and the way we share may be different, but the idea of people communicating and networking and creating and sharing online isn't going away. And the more that keeps happening, I think the better we are having tools out there to help people with that. And, you know, I, I always think back to an interview I saw Elon Musk do at one point, and somebody asked him if they were worried about some of the other big car companies creating electric cars. And he said he would applaud that because his mission was to help create better vehicles that are better for um, our environment. And he would applaud that from others. And I look at it the same way as we eventually keep growing with social media and sharing online. There'll be other companies that certainly compete with what we do and will try to complement what we do. And I applaud that. I think there's just so much that could be learned and such an advantage. When you think back 15 years ago, if you wanted to be a professional singer or artist, you had to somehow find a way to get signed by one of the only handful of big record labels out there, or you had to somehow find a way to get your art noticed. You can create online, you can share videos of you singing, and you've seen people get famous and build a strong you know, brand and company through things that they were able to share on social media. Great artists, you know, we have a guy that works for us that has a company called Pot and Plant. He makes his own, you know, cement planners and sells them online. He wouldn't be able to do that if social media didn't exist. But he also has to make sure he's got a good reputation that people want to support his small business. So I just see this being such a great thing. And hopefully my goal is 10 years from now, people don't need our technology to go back and clean up their social media because they just are smart to begin with. They were able to help educate young kids how to strategically use their social media. And also if we can maybe help combat some of the mental health stigmas that come from social media. No, there's all these studies out there showing that young women are having a hard time because they're comparing just likes. I didn't get as many likes as that other girl in my class or, you know, do I need to pose provocatively to get people to like my stuff? There's all these horrible mental health side effects from social media. And maybe we can help combat that. Maybe we can give them something positive to look at their social media for, to see their brand growing. You know, we have brand scores and social impact scoring coming out soon that'll allow people to see a score and watch their social media grow, get better engagement. We'll teach people that want to be like Dave, that have built this amazing platform online, how to do it, how to interact with others, how to build a company online. 
So we really see this as being a full service solution. And we really want to be a social media manager for the everyday average person. The only people that have social media managers are athletes, celebrities, high-level executives, influencers. Everybody can benefit from having an app in their phone that can help them manage their personal brand. Yeah, and I think what I love about LifeBrand and uh, being able to utilize and protect uh, the basis of how to build a brand online is is Shakespeare, right? We, I talk about number one rule of Shakespeare for social media is to thine own self be true. Well, that's great because I'm not the same person at 54 that I was at 44, 34, or 24, or 14. Now, thank goodness, as we stated, there wasn't any social media when I was 14 or 24 or 34, uh, but I'm still not the same person. And I think one of the things that the social media perpetual side of it is to be who you are today. Uh, and not only are we changing, uh, but society's values and judgments and conditions are changing. And this is an alignment tool. It's an alignment tool for who you are today and what you want to become. Uh, and I think that's really essential. The second side of the Shakespearean value of life brand is that you can be proactive uh like you said you know this will always be needed in my opinion because of the fourth component of shakespeare the whole world is your stage be true to your own self to my own self be true but it is a regulator of okay maybe i shouldn't capture that or if i do capture it i shouldn't modify it in this way and if i do then i shouldn't amplify it and if i do amplify it note that is perpetual in nature and that 10 years from now that thing that i captured that i modified and i amplified to so many people can be removed because it's not aligned with who i'm becoming uh, or where i'm at today and i think that time is so dangerous right now because there is a separation there is like I said, this great need to unlearn things, not just as a white middle-aged mutant turtle like me, but everyone as we unlearn things that we learned when we were 17, now that we're 34 married with kids, you're unlearning things. You know, as I coach executives like you, you're unlearning things and other people are unlearning things. And this allows you to not only unlearn, but to remove who you were because that's not how you want to be perceived today and you want to be acknowledged for the growth, the learning and understanding. We have a few minutes left, uh, TJ. Is there anything I missed out or any comments you'd like to make about that Shakespearean process of being true to yourself and utilizing the whole world as your stage for what you're becoming, not you, what you were? You know, Dave, I, I think that's such a great way of looking at it. I mean, we have, we should be taking advantage of any way we can individually to help build a strong relation, you know, brand, but also advantage for ourselves, whether that is because you're looking to get another job, whether that's because you're looking to move up within your company. Maybe you're like my wife. That's a stay at home mom that, and by the way, that is a much harder job than what I do. And I work my butt off. You know, she stays home with the kids and takes care of them. It's important for her to still have a brand, you know, as our kids get older and they want to go be friends with other kids in the school, 
she takes her brand seriously. She wants to make sure as those parents maybe connect with us on social media, that she's putting out the right thing that other kids' parents feel safe with their kids being at our house or playing with our kids. There's so many different ways we can look at it, no matter how small or how big, but to take advantage of every opportunity you have to grow and create potential success and opportunities for yourself. And social media is one of the most overlooked ways that we can help improve our life. And it might be in very, very small doses, but those small doses add up over time. In any situation, life brand is in, at all a perspective of knowing your brand is for life. So we want to make sure it's aligned with who you are today uh, and who you want to be uh, for the future and make sure your employees represent the same as well. Students, all people out there, we need to be well aware of the complete impact and value of a brand that identifies of who we are. No judgments or conditions necessary. If you know, you get the choice if that's who you want to be uh, and you're okay with certain things, but at least you know what's out there and you can get an idea of what your brand is. TJ Colazy, he's nothing but lazy. He's the founder and CEO of Life Brand. Thank you so much for giving us such keen insight, not only on what we should be doing today, but how it impacts our future. I look forward to seeing you, my friend. Thank you so much.